Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Refuse to Fall from Statement of Pride. It comes from their summer 2022 promo, which came out on From Within Records. And the big news here is that Youngblood Records has just announced they had signed Statement of Pride. Apparently, this song will be featured on their new EP due out this December, though I do believe it will be a different version, but I'm also not sure of that. So, the way for you to figure it out 
is to buy it when it comes out. I highly suggest you buy anything from Youngblood Records as is, but I can tell you that Statement of Pride is top-notch, straight-edge hardcore out of Pensacola, Florida there. A Fire Inside EP released earlier this year, also on From Within Records, has gotten many plays from me. In fact, the title track always snuck its way to the back of every every hardcore release I've listened to this year. Auto plays right into that one. That and the track from Combust and one from Almighty Watching. It's a, it's a, <laughs> the algorithm knows I like Statement of Pride, and the algorithm and myself suggest you will too if you like hardcore. Straight up hardcore from Florida, coming out December whatever on Youngblood Records. Be on the lookout for that. You deserve it. They deserve it. Everyone deserves it. Speaking of other shit you deserve, this episode features an interview with Kat from Jive Bomb, Baltimore hardcore band, new EP, Primitive Desires, out now on Flat Spot Records. Let's get to it. Damn, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? I said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. So here we are with another Baltimore hardcore-related Getting It Out podcast episode. You know that these are my favorite. I know that they're my favorite. But usually, I have a lot more ties to the person in the band that I'm talking to. This time around, it's a relatively new band. Very new band, in my opinion. Jive Bomb. They just released Primitive Desires on Flat Spot Records. And they've been tearing it up for about a year and have made a lot of progress in a very short amount of time. Of course, we'll talk all about that. But what excites me about Jive Bomb is that I don't know them. I have no idea who they are. And that's cool because that means the scene keeps moving. Yeah, all the best new young bands in Baltimore are new people. And that's important. That's not always the case everywhere else. Usually you have a, a certain age range of people and that makes up the majority of the scene makes up the majority of the bands but in Baltimore it seems to keep progressing and the interesting thing that I think is every band sounds a little bit different each band that makes another step in popularity uh, each band that gets on your radar doesn't quite sound the same look at all the big bands coming from Baltimore right now you have Turnstile of course nobody sounds like them you have End It very much their own sound. Queensway, definitely taking a heavier approach than the rest of them. And Jive Bomb, a more punk, straight-up hardcore type of sound. And please don't tell me I forgot the classics like Next Step Up, Stout, Trapped Under Ice, Gut Instinct. I'm aware of them. You know that. Come on. But speaking of those bands, Disturbing the Peace Festival is coming up soon. I don't know if it's a festival or a show, but anyway, the first day featuring uh, Trapped Under Ice as the headliner is sold out, so don't even bother with that. But there's a pre-show the day before, with Next Step Up, Jive Bomb, Law of Power, King Nine, and Sinister Feeling. I might be missing a band, but uh, if I am, forgive me. 
That, I believe, still has tickets to it. So if you want to buy those, do so now. If you didn't get tickets in time, go anyway. Sleep underneath a bridge. Take a swim in the Inner Harbor. Get drunk in Fells Point. Do coke at the auto bar. Have a real Baltimore hardcore experience. Watch a homeless guy take a shit. Actually, real good story about this. One day, I'm living in Greektown. I'm walking with my daughter. I decide I'm going to take her to the park. She's real young now. I moved out of there when she was three. So she was younger than that even because I was living at another place. Anyway, so she was at most two. And I decide I'm going to take her over to this playground. This playground that we affectionately called Execution Park. Why do we call it that? Because a man got killed execution style there not too long before that. Anyway, so there's like a mural of uh, like a street mural, you know, there's um, or memorial, I should say, street memorial there. There's the candles, the pictures, the flowers, whatever. And I roll up to that park because it was kind of a decent park. It had like that rubber down. It didn't have mulch. It had a decent playground, right? So I'm taking my kid over there and she's in the stroller and I come around the corner and there's a homeless man at the other end of the park, very small park, holding on to a fence. And at first I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Is, is there a problem? He's holding on to this fence with his fingers. They're clutched in the chain link, right? And I'm, I, I got a back view of him. And he's, but he's like, he's like hanging, but he's like really short. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's this? And it's like, okay, I get a little closer. I realize he's not hanging. I mean, he's hanging, but he's hanging there because he's squatting and taking a shit. I can't unsee this, so I just do what anybody would do, and I just turn around and walk away. And I go around the block, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do now. I'm just going to take her for a walk. So I can't go to that park where there's human shit right there. Um, Execution Park is now ruined. It didn't take a murder to ruin Execution Park. It took took watching somebody shit there, because you know people shit there. But anyway, it took watching someone shit there. Anyway, I go around the corner, and I'm walking with my daughter in the stroller, and here comes this bum. He's walking the opposite way now because they did a little you know, loop around. And he walks up to me, and you know what he says to me? He goes, hey, man, do you have the time? And I don't, I don't, or I did. I don't remember what my answer was, but I just remember walking away and thinking, why would this guy need to know the time? You, if you're shitting in a public park in the middle of the day, what schedule are you keeping? Are you tracking your BMs? I don't think so. I think you're living on the street. I think you're taking dumps when opportunity arises, whenever you feel like it, mid-broad daylight. doesn't matter. Noon at the playground. Don't ask me what time it is. But he did. And I told him. Or I didn't. I can't remember how that part of the story goes. But that was part of living in Baltimore. So I suggest you go have a time like that yourself. Or you can continue to live vicariously through my conversations with Baltimore hardcore artists right here on Getting It Out Podcast and especially on this episode as I talk to Kat from Jive Bomb. Before we get into that, first thing I need to do is play you a song. How about the title track off of Primitive Desires? This is Primitive Desires out now on Flat Spot Records. Desire 
Okay, well, I did see today there was a show announced that you're on the pre-show to the Disturbing the Peace show with Next Step Up and King Nine, Law of Power. Yeah. You guys, yeah, yeah. and who else am I missing? Sinister Feeling? Sinister Feeling, that's right. Awesome. Are you guys playing? You're playing the, the main show on that too, right? We are. Kind of, kind of crazy, but like both lineups are cool as fuck, so... I'm stoked. I'm ready to do them. Yeah, I'd imagine. So, well, that's that's a good place to start then and talk about because this is with you're playing with two of, if not the two most legendary Baltimore hardcore bands. So tell me about how you personally found Baltimore hardcore. So I I grew up in Maryland, but I've moved around a lot, but mainly stayed like 30, 40 minutes outside of the city. And I've always been into like I guess what the the general public would call alternative music or like loud shit that isn't really playing on the radio. So I was always going to shows, not necessarily hardcore shows, but I don't know, like metal, like shit adjacent to like title fight, things like that. And I kind of eventually like found hardcore and like someone kind of like put it into perspective that that was like a sub genre and I just went down a, a rabbit hole, I guess, did my homework, found Gut Instinct, found uh, TY, all that good stuff. And like, I don't know, I've, I've been going to shows since like, I want to say like uh, 15, like 14 maybe. And then like, by the time I was 16, I was already going to like hardcore punk adjacent shows. Who was big locally then? Then? Oh my God. I think... Uh, Probably Turnstile, like Turnstile and TUI, I want to yeah. say. Because I, I remember seeing them like in like the basement of like a coffee shop and there were not a lot of people there. It's funny. I was actually just talking about this yesterday because we, uh, me and some friends on a whim went to go see Turnstile in DC. And we were like, this is so crazy. Like <laughs> they're playing to a, like a sold out show with like, it's like 6,000 cap or some shit. And yeah. 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 It's funny. We, my, we just bought tickets for my family to go right to see them when they play in Harrisburg, which is just a funny thing to say. Um, like we're talking my nine-year-old daughter, 15-year-old, my wife, myself. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a funny that it's like that because I, I was told at the time Turnstile's first show. I mean, I was there, I was living in Baltimore at the time, but Turnstile's first show, as far as I knew, it was at the sidebar and it was like stout headlining. It was an all Baltimore show. Uh, I want to say mindset might've played, but whatever it was uh turns out like open. And uh, I always like to brag that I was initially told that that was a benefit show for me by some whack-ass producer or promoter who was down there at the time who did all the big shows. Uh, it's fucking nerd. I don't like him anymore, but, <laughs> but it, it ended up not being a benefit show for me, but I like to bring that up uh, just because that's uh, so Turnstock got their big break from, from my benefit show that never happened. Uh, so <laughs> that's funny. they owe me a little bit, but, but it, you know, it's, that's cool. So you're probably coming into Baltimore hardcore, like as I'm moving out of the city. So uh, yeah. it's, that's, that's kind of cool. Actually, I like that because I am. So what do you think? Like you mentioned being into like uh, maybe some hardcore Jason stuff or just underground aggressive music. What was it about hardcore that made it stick out and draw you in? I think just that it was kind of like a to me, it was more of like a, a more polished version, I guess, of like 
maybe not polished. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It just had like a certain feel and sound to it that like maybe like, you know, metal didn't have or like, I don't know, post punk or whatever, like didn't have. Um, I don't know. I just got, got curious. And like, every time I would find a new band, I was like, this is like, this is good. Like some not so good, but like (laughs) some good. I don't know. I, I like the overall like feel you get from it. Whereas like certain, certain bands, like you might listen to, like, I don't know. It's just like all over the place. I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> no, no, I, I I think so. But but I also think it makes sense to me because I because I know what you're talking. You know what I mean? I know what you're talking about. I think I think when people like us who you know love hardcore explain it to people who don't or don't really have a grasp on what it really is, we sound like we're saying nothing. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, but, <laughs> yeah but whatever. Totally. I mean, it's you gotta you, you you gotta see it to understand it. You, you gotta be a part of it to appreciate it. And I also always understood why people don't, though. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I can totally see why somebody looks in on the genre on the scene and goes, "Yeah, that's not for me." Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't be for someone, and I, that's okay. <laughs> right. Right. Well, do you remember what your first, just a curiosity for me, do you remember what your first Baltimore hardcore show is, what you would call a Baltimore hardcore show? Um, I don't know if it was the f- first one, but I remember like one of the earliest shows I remember I had to like get a ride to was uh, I think like end its first show and they played with, um, it was Stout, I think. Mm-hmm. I want to say, yeah, it was just out and some other bands. Um, it's actually funny because someone I, <laughs> someone I like vaguely knew through the internet uh, saw me post the flyer for that show and was like, oh, I live right around the corner. I think it was, it was at the sidebar. And I was yeah. like, oh, like you won't come out. Like I bet you won't. And like, this is not someone into into hardcore music at all and he came out i think maybe like to try and like seem cool or like i don't know if he he thought i was like (laughs) flirting or something and he did come out and i was like oh that's so cool um so i'm like introducing him to some of my friends and he stays stout plays and then like one of my friends like after like two songs comes up to me and is like I think I just saw your friend like run out with like a bloody nose. And I was like, oh shit. And then I went outside and he was gone. And I had never heard from him again. Like, I feel like I think he like blocked me on Instagram. Like the- <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. That's something shit. you gotta be prepared, prepared for. The stout set at the sidebar. We, I mean, yeah, that's a you gotta know what you're getting into there. You can't just <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, true, true. He definitely did not know what he was getting himself into. I think he just thought. I don't know. <laughs> that's fine. That's why I, uh, that's probably, I've seen stout so many times in the sidebar and that's like, it's where that's the only place I want to see him. Right. I don't even know. Is the sidebar operating still? Is somebody still, that's my favorite venue ever, by the way. I love the sidebar. I, I would do anything I, to get that place open if it's not. I think it is, but I don't think they're doing like those kinds of shows anymore. Um, um, which I guess is fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's what it lived on for a long time, but it was it was a great time. Uh, I love that place for many different reasons, but it was mostly to the to the shows. But there, even just to hang out there was was pretty cool. There was a weird uh, combination you get of people like at six p.m. on a Friday night, where like the lawyers would be still sitting in there, and then you know the <laughs> hardcore punk rock kids would all come in and intermingle. It was a cool time, right? Right. But anyway, okay. So were you doing bands back then? Anything at all musically? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I like, I like for the longest time was pretty hell bent on someone, someone ingrained this like idea into my head at an early age. I've been, I've been telling people this a lot because I tattoo and now I have, I like juggle these two, two worlds that are very important to me, but someone ingrained in my head that you're either like visually, like artistically inclined or you're musically inclined and I've always like been like a like I like to draw, paint, like stuff like that. And so I immediately was like, yeah, I definitely cannot do music. <laughs> like that that's not my thing. So yeah, I, I never even like bothered. I kind of was just like, oh, if I'm gonna be involved, it's gonna be in like a visual aspect. Like it's not gonna be like I'm not gonna make music, which is so crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's funny. And well, and I gotta say for, for myself, I'm neither. So, um, so it, it can't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. It can be none. It can be any combination, but so you, uh, so when do you, what, how do you end up playing in Jive Bomb? Where, where does this come from? Um, so, so some of the people, I guess I met going through shows, you know, I just became closer friends with them. One of them in particular is Harper who plays guitar in Jive Bomb. Um, he used to play in a band uh, that I would go to see all the fucking time. <laughs> They're called Hellbent. Uh, not that great, but I thought they were great at the time. <laughs> Is that the one that Jared Henry played in? Uh, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much respect for Hellbent, Jared Henry's Hellbent. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, so I knew him and, and Freddie, who was saying, and uh, I would always see them, and, like, I don't know, we just became closer friends, and then eventually Ethan played in that band, too, who plays bass and drive bomb, and um, I don't know, like, we've just, like, all been friends for, like, a good while, and, like, when the pandemic hit, like, there was not shit to do, so mm-hmm. at the time, we were all we're all living, we all currently live in Baltimore um, and we're all skating together. Uh, And then like, I want to say like a year into the pandemic, like, you know, there weren't any shows, like there wasn't anything like that happening. And like, I just remember like literally having a conversation along the lines of like, if I don't hear live music again, like I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Not, and maybe like not that bleak, but it was something along those lines. And uh, so we, yeah, we just started writing music kind of like for fun, really. Cause we're like, I don't know what's going to happen with the fucking pandemic. We're going to be locked in forever or what? Yeah. So we got a practice base our friend Nick actually like put down money for us to have this practice space. And he did not live in Baltimore at the time. So it was kind of like a very dad move of him. I don't know if you, you might know him, Nick Calhoun. Of course. Yes. I know extremely well. Oh, there you go. He shout out to Nick, dude. He like, 
he maybe stepped foot in that practice space once and it was like we had just like fucked around like wrote a song and and then that was it like he kind of just like paid like for the first month of it so we could get get enough people together and like I hit up Harper and I was like do you know anyone that would want to like you know like split this space halfway and we can just like play music and then he hit up Ethan who plays bass and then Ethan hit up some of his buddies which is how so many like current bands now happened through that space so like Hostage Crisis, Sinister Feeling, um Brat's been a band but they they practiced in there a couple times like there's like so many like bands that kind of came to fruition through that space uh so shout out to nick i've I've known nick for a very long time probably nearing 20 years now and uh yeah he was definitely one of the people i hung out with when i was living there for sure um just speaking of the the way practice spaces work especially just from knowing in baltimore like i know the first i was in a band and we had two practice spaces the first one was i doubt anybody's in there at this point i can't imagine anybody's using it for anything but there was a warehouse uh kind of close to where 83 turns into president but not quite it was off of Fayette, a little well, somewhere in that corner Fayette, okay. 83 whatever and there was a warehouse and hr lived there from the, from the bad brains oh my and God. like our band pleasant living practice in one room jr from next step up and those guys had it they had another band at the time called bet the devil which is like a metal band they were in another room but it was just this warehouse uh it was it was really strange but anyway it was but there was all sorts of bands went through cycled through there and uh shared those rooms 10 ton was a really heavy baltimore hardcore band at the time that we shared a room with but anyway and then we move closer to greek town and had a spot over there and that was the same thing it'd be like praise was in the room next door or you know yeah. you know or, so i love how that happens and how it becomes like a like a breeding ground for more bands and you know people already yeah. have their shit there so might as well come in and start something new and uh it sounds like exactly. that's what was happening there yeah yeah so was jive bomb figured out then did you have your lineup did you or was it just born out of people being in the same practice space yeah no like initially like the the first band that that got together was what jive bomb is now it was just like the four of us like we were the the four definite people like willing to like put down (laughs) to split money essentially to have somewhere to play music even if it even if it like wasn't gonna amount to anything like at this point we were all just like so bored and like desperate to to like hear like i can't stress enough like i don't know if you you went through this or remember this but like going like over a full year and never hearing like mute like people playing music like at a very high volume like at all oh my god those are desperate times (laughs) (laughs) i think if i were i think if i were younger when it when it was going on it would have definitely affected me similarly but being how old i am now with the family it was i loved it (laughs) i loved not i loved just being at home and not doing anything but uh but i but i totally understand where you're where you're coming from um i was in baltimore in those years doing the that was why i was there that's why i lived in that city was to go to shows basically i was coming down there so much anyway when i didn't live there that that's why i was there so if i was living there and unable to do that i'm sure i would have ended up doing the same thing 
But so you guys got moving pretty quick then because you released a demo in the fall of 2021, right? Right. Yes. So did you have a sound that you were knew you were going to go for when you started the band? Or was that was there any kind of discussion or what you, what Jive Bomb sounds like is just what it sounds like when you guys all started playing? Um, like there, there were a lot of ideas for sure. And I, I still think that like the demo itself, like kind of shows that. Cause I feel like every song is, is a little different in sound, but, uh, I, I was pretty dead set on being like rival mob influence. Like I was like, that is the blueprint. That's my favorite band. Like, um, but what that meant for everyone else, I don't know. <laughs> Because yeah. ultimately, I was not writing the riffs, but um, a lot of it too. Like, and I don't know if this is like, I don't think this is normal <laughs> for most people when it comes to songwriting. But like, I there have been so many times where I like pose a, a scenario almost, and like tell them to write a song that like evokes that scenario. If that makes sense. And it's like, it's crazy. It's like actually crazy. Like there has been a time where I came into this space and I was like, all right, guys, you know that feeling when like someone is sneaking up behind you and they just get you like write a song that sounds like that. And they all look at me like I'm crazy, but then they do it. So I don't so then know. It works. That's, I mean, that's, that's great that they can, do you feel that they correctly interpret what you're going for or at least close uh, enough? I mean, close enough and like if not we just like work it out and like right. i don't know go from there <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's that's a cool way and a cool idea to to writing i've never i've never done anything like that and i don't know that i've heard i've talked to a lot of people and i don't know that uh <laughs> i've heard anybody say that that's the way they do it too so i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's cool. Well, what's the real simply, what's the name Jive Bomb? I mean, is it just as simple as it sounds cool? Does it mean I don't I didn't look it up? I don't know anything about it. What does Jive Bomb mean? Why did you pick um so so there's a like doo-wop, like kind of like jazz R&B group from the 50s um, called the Jive Bombers. And uh, I just really like them. I, I've collected like a bunch of their uh, their records and, and stuff. And uh, I don't know. I just, I was listening to that a lot um, at the time. And then like, that was like, Jive Bomb was like one of like three names I came up with. And we all just decided on that. But like, 
Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's like, uh, there's like some songs that I, I even pull like lines from their music uh, or like change it up a little, but yeah, I don't know. I think they're super underrated. Like if you think of like groups from that time, like I, yeah. like they're just never mentioned. They're never included. Like I've watched so many documentaries too of like, you know, like do wop groups from that time. And it's like, it's, they're never included. And I'm like, man, that sucks. Cause like that dude's got such a beautiful voice. So that's cool. I never, I've never heard of him. I'll have to, I'll have to look him up. I've never, uh, I didn't know where it came from at all, but that's very cool. And I like that you pull from him. I think a little borrowing is fine. Uh, I think some of the best, some of the most well regarded hardcore bands have done a lot of that. And, uh, I think Turnstile's even doing that right now with some things. And I think it's cool. I think it's uh, Cold World famously did it. Um, but yeah, it's a yeah. it's a very cool thing to do. And uh, incorporating outside influences, uh, whether it's, you know, like everything in hardcore and punk has kind of been recycled so many times that it gets a little distorted, which is fine. That's cool. That's the natural evolution of it all. But to, But it's cool to bring in something from the outside, even if it's just references like... The Jive Bombers. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it got moving pretty quickly for you guys. You put out a demo, and uh, and a year later, you got a record out or EP out on uh, on one of the best hardcore labels there is right now. So tell me yeah. about the last year for Jive Bomb. What what has happened so far it, in, in just the space of has, fall to fall? Dude, it has been the craziest year because, like, let me preface this with we did not. I don't, and I don't think anyone does, but we did not anticipate like drive bomb to go anywhere or like we, like, we're like, you know, we're going to play shows if that comes back, if that's a thing again. Um, and to me, in my head, I was like, I just want to play like a show just, just like to see what that feels like, kind of get it off my chest. Like I've been going to shows for so long. I just want to know what that, what that's like from like the other end. If I hate it, we don't have to do it again. If I like it, maybe we just keep opening for like whoever. Um, we played our first show two days, I think it was two days after we dropped the demo. And like, it was great. Like all of my musician friends, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but all of my musician friends are like, I've never seen like a first show for any band like go like that. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, this, this shit's cool. I was like, we could keep doing this. <laughs> um, the reaction was super cool. Like, I think a lot of it definitely had to do with the fact that, like, like I said, there weren't any shows going on for a while. So people were just excited to be at a show. Um, yeah. And then I think the other part of it, too, is just, like, our friends were there. Like, I don't know. Pe- people were just excited. But uh, Che went to that first show and he was also one of those people that was like that shit was crazy dog and i was like yeah dude and that that night he asked if we wanted to play disturbing the peace and we were like fuck yeah um so but we didn't we didn't uh like obviously like we didn't like say anything to anyone about that we kind of were just like if, if he's for real like we'll do it <laughs> this is like you know there are there's a couple months in between then and now it's like maybe Che will like forget or so like i don't know right right um 
So I don't know. It's, it's been a crazy fucking year since that. Like that feels like it was like five years ago. Um, that first show, but yeah, we well, just it feels kept- like it feels like you guys have been around. I feel like I've been seeing the name for longer than just a year. It doesn't seem, doesn't seem right. Like genuinely, like <laughs> it seems like you yeah. I've, I've heard the name for a while. <laughs> I tend to, because obviously I've brought it up several times, but I tend to like really try to pay attention to Baltimore hardcore, specifically Baltimore hardcore. And, uh, and, but it seems like your name has been in, in the mentions frequently since then. And uh, rightfully so. And you mentioned Che, it's funny how flat spot has become like a, a launching pad for Baltimore hardcore bands, specifically Baltimore hardcore bands from trapped under ice to turn style to end it. Right. You know, like it, it really is. So does, is there a, uh, is there a pressure that came along with getting added to that roster? Um, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but not me personally. I'm just like excited. Like I'm, I'm just right. here for the ride. So like, you know, if shit changes a year from now, like that's cool too. I'm I'm just enjoying it. I'm trying to be as in the moment and present as possible. No, I think that's I think that's the right way to go too. You, I guess you released the the EP. Printed Desires is out for not quite a week yet, right? A couple of days yeah. officially. Yeah. And you you had a couple of singles come out from it. How has how has everything? gone over so far you mentioned like the demo in the first show but now that you have a proper release out there what's the feedback then um feedback's been good uh we we've been playing um two songs off of the ep for like a couple months now so um and one of them's just an intro so an opening of that for like a while now and then uh illusion illusion of choice we've been playing that like probably like since a couple months ago um but it's it's been good uh we played the triple b after show in brooklyn um Mm. i want to say like a couple weeks ago that shit was great like that was like the most well-received show i think we've had like out of state and we played uh primitive desires had been out by then and yeah. people were like, people were feeling it. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. I mean, it, it's it's a it's very like I said, it's very impressive to be the, to only be this far into it and already have had uh, this much reach. I, you know, part of that, of course, is the internet helps a ton. Uh, but to, but a platform like Flatspot and the bands that are that are propping you up as well and putting your name out there but that doesn't not to take away from any of the work you're actually doing because i know you guys are, at, are the ones out there playing the shows writing the music and, and promoting it as well so it's very it's very cool to see um what's what tell me a little bit more about the ep print of desires is you mentioned that you're you're an artist did you happen to do the artwork for this no hell no um who's this <laughs> uh uh Tins Savage. He's um I want I think he's he's like somewhere in Europe, I want to say. Um, but I've been following him for a while. He did the EP and like the single art. Um he's fucking cool. He like he does a lot of artwork for like skinhead adjacent yeah, bands. Yeah. And like I, I love it. I love like all the little boots and shit he does. They're so cool. 
Um, but yeah, so, so definitely hoping to do more work with him, but, um, yeah, no, I, I tried to do art for Jive Bomb with, and, and I did, and I made our first shirt and I hated it. And I was like, you know what? There's people who like dedicate themselves to doing art for bands and music. Let's just pay them to do it and it'll be good. And I don't have to worry about that shit. That's interesting. Why do you think you, why do you think you can't do it? Is it something do you overdo it? Do you overthink it? What's going on? Uh, I think um I don't know. I just think like the the style of, of art that I'm like confident in is like tattoo related and it's like right. it's just a, two different things. Yeah, totally different things and like so the demo cover like that was my idea and I had drawn it out initially and I was like this looks too like clean almost. Yeah. So uh, I uh, hit up John Mayo, who also like, he does a fuck ton of, you know, like band artwork and like op- album covers and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, I have this idea. I don't like how it looks when I do it. Can you like essentially redraw it in your style? And he did and he killed it. And I was like, perfect. Like, it's like gritty, but it's like, I don't know. It, it translates well to like album artwork as opposed to like what I think does not look like album artwork. <laughs> yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's, it makes sense because like hardcore and punk music, you don't want it to be always so clean. You know, there's something in the production value where you want grittiness and you want it to look a certain yeah. or sound a certain way. And the same thing goes for the artwork. Same thing goes for, you know, every band, whether they want to admit it or not, has a certain aesthetic to it. And uh, yeah, a clean, yeah. clean artwork might not look right with the sound of Jive Bomb because you guys are are lean a lot heavier to the punk side, I think, than yeah. a lot of stuff that's come out of Baltimore. At least a lot of stuff that's gotten popular coming out of Baltimore. Was that yeah. a conscious decision to go that direction? Um, I don't think it was conscious. I think we all just like the music we all individually listen to is like very punk leaning um like i i love hardcore we all do but like we also like i don't know listen to a lot of crunchy shit if you will (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know i i don't think it was intentional i think it just kind of like happened um yeah. <laughs> no, well, whatever. It, however it happens, it works. Um, so this was released uh, officially as a cassette and on digital. Is that all the plans are for right now for this, for Primitive Desires? Um, I think so. I think so. Um, unless Flatspot has other plans, <laughs> like that's, the, that's it. And I'm very, let me tell you, I'm stoked that they like, basically did the cassettes for us because so I tried to make cassettes for the demo and I did and I did but to what quality I don't know there are some people out there that have some janky fucking cassettes of the drive bomb demo and God bless their hearts (laughs) what they might might have blank tapes no, they're we, just well, you know, bad. I got I have uh, three cassettes sitting right here, and uh, they could be blank because I've never played a single one. But yeah, that's that's funny with the cassettes. So what they just sounded like shit. Um, it's yeah. Well, yeah. They. I mean, 
they play the songs, right? They play the songs. Right. Um, I only listen to three out of like 30 of them. And the three I listened to all had something unique about them, <laughs> but they played the songs. And then on top of that, I, my, my buddy like, provided the cassettes for me and the case i guess that they come in and they were green and blue and uh but they were also he like gave them to me for the low and he was like this is just what i have and it's like bet cool so i uh painted the actual cassette like a cream color and then i painted the case the like pink color that the demo is. And then I printed J cards for mm. it. Um, and like I said, some of them look pretty fucking cool. Some of them it looks like a child made it. So, sounds, Hey, that's, that sounds like one out of ones all around, you know, that's, that's good. And you tested 10%. So I think you did, <laughs> you did due, due diligence. You got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, by the way, I don't know anybody that's buying cassettes for the sound. So if it sounds a little fucked up, I think that's, I think that's, I don't, I don't know, dude, there were some people buying it that were like, I can't wait to play this in my truck. And I'm like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm saying anything that comes out of a cassette is going to sound a little bit shitty. So, so true, true. Okay. You got, you got that little, makes me a, feel better. Yeah. A little grace with that. Um, so <laughs> So the new EP is out, Primitive Desires. It came out officially October 7th on Flat Spot Records. Um, it's a big deal, in my opinion, a big deal for hardcore, big deal for Baltimore hardcore. It seems like there's another, there's always another band coming in Baltimore. And that's with, but it's, I love it. Like, I love that about it. There's always another band. And it's just like this revolving door and nobody ever really goes away. Um, but everybody seems to have, take their turn. It's a, it's a cool thing, I think. Uh, so I hope to see that you guys are, uh, are on the way up for your turn too. It seems like it at least. Um, but what's next for Jive Bomb now? You, you have the EP out. Now what are you going to do? Um, so we have the Toro Scal coming up at the end of the, at the end of the month. Yeah. And then, damn, I had to like check. I was like, is it October or November? Um, so that's at the end of the month. And then uh, we're going to do like a mini kind of like, I think it's like a week long tour. It hasn't been announced yet, but um, our friends and Brat are going to be with us. And Brat is actually two members of Jack Bomb. Um, so we're going to do a little tour with them. And then... Uh, and then we have another thing not announced with a very fucking cool band in January. So I don't really know if I can speak on that just yet, but it and is... don't keep it to yourself in a good way, in a nice way. I mean, that. keep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm pumped. It is a very cool band that we all we all collectively like found them the same time we were writing music, and we we're like, this band's fucking sick. And now we're like all homies and now we're gonna tour together and i'm stoked this music shit is cool <laughs> yeah well i can imagine it's you being a tattooist does that kind of give you uh unlimited vacation time to do tours yeah pretty much which like is cool the only downside of it is like cool like i can tour but then i'm not making money so it's right, like right. 
Yeah. I have to be smart about it, but I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. No, will, will these be the first tours for Jive Bomb or have you guys already been out? Oh, we've been out. We did, um, we did a weekender or like a four day thing. And then we did like, uh, I think it was like a week and a half with tossed aside. Um, and that was a couple months ago. So it, it, it was pretty good. I think it was like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not hurting financially. So I don't know if my boys are, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's always, uh, there's always one or two that it's a bit more of a struggle for and that's okay. Right. But it doesn't, <laughs> but it's not always the same yeah. for everyone, but all right. So, uh, what else you got? We, we got the, you got the EP it's out now flat spot. You got the disturbing the peace shows. What does it, what does it mean to you to be part of these shows? I mean, like, is it, is it, does it feel like a big deal? Or does it feel like another yeah. show? Like, you know, the, like you, it seems like you're being, I don't want to say, it seems like Jive Bomb's being like anointed a thing. Like here, come on in. You're part of this group now. You're at this <laughs> level in the Baltimore hardcore scene. Does, does it feel that way? Do you feel like there's a separation at all? Or do you think everybody's on the same page? I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like on the same page of... Like a tier. Like there's like... There's like Turnstile and Trapped Under Ice, and then there's sure. probably like Stout Next Step Up and Get Gut Instinct, and then there's sure, you know, sure, like sure. End It or Queensway or Pulling Teeth or Ruiner or whatever. Like you know, and like and it seems like you're being brought up into the next level, uh, whether you want yeah, to yeah, or yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely it definitely feels like it. Um, but like I don't I don't know. It's like none of us like you know set out for that and on top of that like i don't think i don't know it it just feels very like earned and well deserved and like i know like anyone would say that about their own band but like none of us are like clout people like i feel like there right. i feel like there's definitely some bands in hardcore that like are brought up solely because they know the right 100%. people or like they are certain people which is fine like you know go off but we were not those people. So I don't know. We're just kind of like rolling with it. And speaking to that too, like before, before we put out the EP, um, you know, we, we have a lot of like friends that I guess are friends with these bigger bands that you're talking about. And like mm -hmm. uh, through enough networking, like, I, I don't know. It just like, met a lot of these people like for example like we demoed out this the ep songs with justice uh from trapped and rice because he was he yeah. moved back to the city and i've heard yeah yeah dude yeah and so he was like he, like i think he was like kind of on one musically like i feel like he was just like very like ready to do something musically um mm -hmm. or be a part of something which is like sick and uh I, I think Che or Ricky like posed that idea to like kind of like I don't know and in, invite him into the the song writing process and um yeah and then we like got along really well like now I don't know like I didn't know that I didn't know he had a hand in it yeah That's yeah yeah he um yeah he he heard all the songs before we put them out and kind of just like get gave us his two cents and like um he 
did some like production stuff on the songs before it came out and we didn't we didn't necessarily like use it but like i at least personally like did apply a lot of the things he told me and like advice he gave me and stuff um which i'm really grateful for uh but yeah it's just like it's crazy because like i said like none of us like like we're like already like oh like we know these people like you know we're gonna we're getting put on because like this is so and so from blah 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 like i think like the closest thing to that maybe would be that like our drummer just know like grew up kind of with che but like Mm -hmm. not really i don't know they they like ran together in the same friend group and that was the only reason che checked out our first show he was like i heard mace was in the band so i just wanted to see what was up with it and like that's it like otherwise everything else was just kind of like what we did um if that, that makes that, sense. And, yeah that's that's kind of why i asked because i don't and not not that me knowing people mean shit especially for how long i've been out of the city but like i don't know any of you guys i don't and i don't know that i know i mean obviously i know people that do but um but it's so to see you guys come up so quick um, is is refreshing in a way because I get very annoyed with the with the people who were brought up, the bands who come right up to the top when it's just when it's just uh, members of other bands, like when it's yeah, just oh, exactly. like, it's like, oh, OK, let's. And, and I always and then you see the bigger band saying everybody support this new band. And like, what's the same fucking guys from the three other bands? Why don't we support yeah, a band yeah, yeah. who hasn't who doesn't get the opportunity? Like, why don't you just grab somebody new and bring them up instead of just a new group of people? Yeah, whatever. Right, so anyway, right. that's 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 very cool. I'm, I'm glad. Glad you guys are on the ascent. Um, I'm happy to see it happen. Uh, you got big shows coming up, a big tour, big records just came out. I guess you can't ask for much more. Maybe we should just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. I like it. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Kat. And the song you just heard was Illusion of Choice, of course, off of Primitive Desires, out now on Flat Spot Records. I don't think there's any more tapes available. Again, that's one I tried to buy and was too late. These Flat Spot Records guys moved these tapes too damn quick for me. Didn't nail an end at one. Didn't get uh, Jive Bomb. Didn't get Law of Power. But I got to figure out a way to do that. They got a lot of cool stuff on that label. Typecast, that was like a CD that they put out... uh, a couple years ago now, I really like that EP too. Go check out the back catalog from Flat Spot Records. Get yourself a Wheelbite discography CD. Do they still have those? I don't know. You should check. Anyway, thanks to Cat 
for coming on and educating me about Jive Bomb, talking about Baltimore. It really is exciting for me to see new, younger Baltimore hardcore bands on the come up. And there always is one, as I talk about frequently. There's always one on the rise. And Jive Bomb is the latest example of that. I know some people specifically only listen to the Baltimore Hardcore episodes, and you're welcome here. I'm glad you came. Good news for you. In a week or two, I'll be dropping an interview with Justice Tripp, of course, of Trapped Under Ice, Angel Dust, Cold Mega. We're talking Trapped Under Ice and their recently announced shows in Baltimore and New York. Of course, we get into plenty of other things, but you'll have to wait to hear about that. Before we end this one, I want to remind you to go to Spotify and subscribe to the Getting It Out playlist. It's a playlist I update pretty regularly. I don't always announce when I do updates. Lately, I've only been updating it with bands who have or are going to appear on the podcast. So if you ever want to get a sneak peek, a little preview of what's to come, that's a good place to do it. A little sneaky move I've got going on there. If you had looked in the last week or two, you would have seen Trapped Under Ice on there. You would have seen Jive Bomb on there. You would see some upcoming episodes on there. But you don't look. I know how you are. That should do it for this episode. But before we go, I want to play you a song from Swedish grindcore act Secrecy. The track is called Voice Your Opinion, and it's off of Salvation Through Tyranny, out now, everywhere on Self-Made God Records. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 